You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello, and welcome to the Salty Sex Cast. I have a fun guest, and by the way, this is Mariah, if you can't tell by the voice. We've been told that it's hard to tell Pamela and I apart. Um, So here's a reminder. This is my voice. Um, But I have a guest with me, Avery, and um, we're going to talk about maybe some uncomfortable stuff. Like, this isn't like the fun episode, but maybe we'll have some fun because it's still important to not be too heavy all the time. Yeah, not totally. And too serious all the time. But would you like to tell our listeners who you are, what you do? Yeah. So uh, my name is Avery. Um, I have a degree in sociology. Um, My emphasis has been gender socialization um, and especially around gendered violence. I'm currently working as a victim advocate for sexual assault and domestic violence, but mostly sexual assault. Um, But I'm also just here as a guy um, who has also experienced sexual assault and domestic violence so i kind of want to give a little bit of a viewpoint like as a survivor but also as a advocate currently ongoing and a professional and a professional yeah. hopefully so what you say really is like you know not just bullshit yes like, this Ooh, is- <laughs> i hope not i mean either way i mean it's your experience and and what you see every day yes every day yeah um so really when you say did you say gendered assault Gendered violence. Violence. Yeah. Please define that. I've never heard that term. Um, So gendered violence is typically kind of an overarching term that we uh, use for domestic violence, sexual assault, sexual abuse, harassment, anything that um, definitely has a gendered element to it. So obviously we know that a lot of these things primarily impact uh, women. Uh, I'm here to talk a little bit more about men um, and kind of the socialization that happens you know, in the background of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But also how you can help, you know, the men in your life who are kind of going through this. Yeah, I think that's a great call out um, to talk about really primarily a lot of these assaults and this violence does happen to women. So when let's say I only have so much funding for a service, I'm going to look at who's the most affected and they get the funding. Exactly. Um, So what does this end up doing in the long run? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of service providers uh, in the domestic violence and sexual assault field who uh, primarily only serve women. Um, You get a lot of you know, stereotypes and a lot of words that we don't really like to use anymore, but have been historically used. Uh, so you'll hear stuff like uh, battered women shelters, mm-hmm. hate that word, um, battered women, um, women's shelters, period. Uh, so these yeah. are languages, like these are words that we would love to retire. Yes. So if it's in your vocabulary, we're going to give you maybe some other things to use today. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. So instead of um, battered woman shelter or battered women, what can we say? Uh, domestic violence shelter, uh, family violence shelter, um, even domestic violence, I think sometimes has a connotation to it that it's intimate partner. Um, but you know, there's plenty of people out there who have been abused, you know, within families, uh, by parents. Um, so I don't even really even totally love domestic violence, um, because I think there's a connotation. So, um, 
familial abuse, all these terms we use, but we try to lean away from anything that says women's gender specific <laughs> yes, side because, or the other. you know, it discourages men from reaching out for services. Um, but it also, you know, it, it's, uh, paints a picture of what these issues are on a greater sociological scale that is not really true. Yeah. So, so kind of when you hear, let's say you're a male and something's going on and you hear, um, all these like hashtags or other things that are just women and, and, you know, battered women and all these things, like that's really hard to feel like, so I don't get the right to say anything. No one's willing to listen to me. Absolutely, My story isn't valid. What I'm going through isn't valid. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I like to, you know, it, there's, this is an issue that affects, you know, primarily women, you know, so I don't want to ever take that away from women who've experienced it, you know, mm-hmm. but um, especially when we're talking about, you know, services and movements that should include anybody who's a victim of anything. Um, we do tend to want to lean away from those words and just, you know, um, so that everybody feels like there's space for them within those movements. Um, I'm also a big advocate of, you know, gender is, you know, a social construct. It's something that we kind of have constructed. And, you know, there's people who lie outside of, you know, men or women even. So, you know, mm-hmm. trying to put these blanket terms that include everybody. Yeah. So the inclusivity and how important that is. I feel um, kind of bad. Why? Because a few years ago, I had a buddy of mine who got beat up by his girlfriend. Oh, and geez. like surprise, like she beat him up. Like he was bruised. His face was bruised. It was obvious he had been in a fight. And then he finally like was brave enough to like, yeah, I probably said something I shouldn't have and I got punched in the mouth and ended up going down some stairs. And then, so we teased him for like two weeks about being the only man with a room yeah, at the I mean, women's shelter. But I would say <laughs> don't feel bad. You know, <laughs> a lot of men react that way and he probably, you know, there's probably some element of comfort that you can find in, you know, comedy sometimes, (laughs) but you know, it's a normal reaction to have, um, we're socialized to have these reactions, you know? So, um, I don't really blame anybody for doing those things and, you know, using these words. (laughs) Have I used the term battered women's shelter? Absolutely. You know, like, and I hate it now, (laughs) you know, we live and learn. (laughs) Well, you've taken the time to expand your awareness and that's really what we do on this podcast is we just want to expand folks awareness. We want to kind of Give everyone a new vocabulary, shine some light on maybe some things that we didn't already know. I've Um, learned a lot just doing this show. You have. Brady, the growth is just amazing. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) And and honestly, myself too. So so much just around language and how to approach things um, and and healthier relationships because we can always improve. Yeah. We can always get, um, you know, healthier. Yeah. And there's so many things you think, you know, and then you don't Yeah, like I even considered myself a little bit of a, you know, social justice warrior before I even came into this field. And there still was like, wow, there's a lot. I I didn't know. Yeah. Thought I did. And I just did not. Yeah. So always learning. That's so do you happen to have any statistics or know anything about, um, you know, maybe some of those services, um, for sexual assault and male versus female or even just service providers? Yeah. Um, the general statistics we use in the U.S., um, I believe it's one in three women have experienced uh, sexual assault um, and about one in six men. Um, however, the, the wording, the statistics, the statistics change with the wording. Um, mm. So we use there's a term that I, I don't really care for, but it's uh 
so it's I think it's actually about one in ten men have experienced a completed rape, which I don't really love that term because I think it's kind of puts a connotation on what a completed rape is like what even is that you know um and especially because sexual assaults on a guy is going to look different on a girl you know so like even just very biologically so so, yeah um adds a weird connotation to it um but even those numbers those are the numbers we generally use um but I would say those numbers are low and I'm sure you know this and think this too you know even the one in three women I'm like I don't think I know any women who have not experienced some sort of sexual assault I can definitely vouch for that like being on tinder yeah it's more like one in ten haven't yeah like it's I would say it's much higher than that so and those statistics are based on you know um, reporting not necessarily even reporting, but services provided, um, you know, in areas, you know, so we may have, um, one in three and, and th- that changes from state to t- state to state as well. Um, Utah has a slightly higher rate of sexual violence for men and women, both. So. Why do you think that is? Um, well, okay. Sorry. That was a very <laughs> loaded question. Very loaded question, but I've been asked it before. Yeah. Um, you know, when I do presentations on these statistics, uh, that's usually the question I ask other people, you know, cause I'm like, what do you think? You know? Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll ask you what, what do you think? Um, repressed sexual anger is a big one. No healthy outlets. Um, the lack of education, I think, um, what was it? Ooh, was it another term that just makes my skin crawl is accidental rape. Ooh. So where they claim that they were like, they, I didn't know. Yeah. No one taught me about consent. This is just what happens. Yeah. Because again, the lack of education that um, there's no example of a yeah. healthy relationship here. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't care for the term accidental rape. I've never yeah. heard that either. Oh. Um, I, I would probably say, you know, unintentional rape. You know, right. Mean to rape anybody. And this is usually <laughs> the defense mean a, yeah, is what they use. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's accidental. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't aware that that was a thing or consent or whatever. No yeah. one taught me that. And so it's like that ignorance, that level of ignorance and how harmful it is. Yeah, totally. I would definitely say all those things are contributing factors. Uh, Utah's complete lack of a sex education, which is, you know, why you're here doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, but also just really the kind of place Utah is. Sexual assault is uh, more common in rural areas than it is in urban areas. Mm -hmm. Um, Why that is. I'm glad it wasn't a desert thing. Who can say? I was concerned. It's the heat. It's It's driving us all. It's all that sand. (laughs) Yes. So thinking of like rural, fuck, I can't even say that word. Rural. Uh, Rural. That's a hard word. Rural. We're going to need like a speech pathologist on here for me Um, as you drove out to the the studio today. Yeah, We're out here in the rural. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Brady. The Murder Shack Studios. Mm -hmm. Here's your plug. Murder Shack Studios at gmail.com. There you go. go. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to feel like you're driving out to your death. Come here and yeah. record a show with us. Yeah. I mean, the inside looks great, so it's all Thanks. that matters. I mean, yeah. the outside looked great, too. But Brady has done an amazing job. I'm going to give credit I'm, to all I've been that. working on it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make it less murder <laughs> and less shack. Yeah, well. More murder, less shack. How about that? Should we make it more murder and less shack? Yeah, lean <laughs> into it. Yeah. Lean into it. <laughs> Go nuts. But, I like it. But yeah, so the rural aspect... Uh, I'd like to think maybe just people seek services here more too, which affects the statistics. Um, but 
I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, but yeah, all those things contribute. I think especially the lack of sex education because there are, you know, and I'm very, I, as sympathetic as you can be, I think to, you know, guys who are never taught how to look for consent, how to Mm -hmm. seek consent, you know, and then when shit happens, they're like, what? I didn't know that this was a th- like, you know, how yeah. are you supposed to know? You can't do better. Um, but that's, that's on us as a, as a you know, society. society. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So those are kind of the statistics I would say for men, it's definitely higher as well. Um, men are definitely not even taught that they can be sexually assaulted, you know? So how are men even supposed to identify that? Mm-hmm. Um, how are men supposed to seek services? You can't even put a name to it in the first place. Right. Most men don't think they can be sexually assaulted. And that's a pretty common you know, misconception. So with, so, so not even knowing that they can be assaulted. And I know that was kind of like the disgusting joke, like you can't rape the willing kind of thing Mm -hmm. and, and where all of that comes in. But, um, what do you feel like also keeps men from disclosing? Oh, so many things. I mean, um, we talk about all kinds of aspects, really, they're the same reasons, you know, that men, you know, are socialized to, you know, commit violence in the first place. Uh, you know, it's just normalized. You know? mm. You're supposed uh, to be a tough guy. Yeah, totally. Deal with it. Move yeah. on with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the term. Not everyone does, but I personally love the term. Sure. Uh, toxic masculinity. I think yeah. it's a great testosterone poisoning. Testosterone poisoning. That's what my neighbor calls it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is. I'm going to start using that more because yeah. that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, toxic masculinity, and it's just this idea that you know we we teach men something you know when we're teaching Mm -hmm. them masculinity that um kind of normalizes violence and you know when you normalize violence it makes it easier to both be violent but also it makes it easier to put up with violence when it happens to you so you know the so all of those things you know we tell men you know it's unmasculine to feel negative emotions even you know um especially like sadness you know grief all those things we kind of discourage men from yeah exploring um so you know it's hard to then internalize it if something does happen to you um said i i think a lot of the men not disclosing comes from an inability to even accept it in yourself you know because as soon as you disclose it becomes real you know and that's something that's true across the board not just for men but um it's a lot harder to disclose a lot harder to make it real um because you can't even, take it back and that's yeah, scary now absolutely. the whole you know you feel like the whole world knows even though you yeah quite discreet and confidentiality is a really big thing with service providers, but still a fear. Yeah. It's still scary. And, you know, even within service providers, you know, like even if someone isn't comfortable, maybe telling their family members or people close to them, you know, even reaching out for outside help is really hard. Um, you know, I've had, can't even tell you how many men I've talked to who have had a really bad experience with reporting to police. Mm. Um, you know, and reporting police across the board with sexual assaults um, and domestic violence is really hard with more challenges than necessary. But um, especially for men, you know, because a lot of police officers are men. So now you're kind of yeah, admitting to this thing that has maybe in your sense lowered your masculinity a little bit. Mm. Um, now you have to talk to a police officer. And that's like one of those masculine jobs, too, which I don't think helps. You know, you're right? now in front of a dude who's probably totally shredded you know (laughs) like you're looking at this guy who's like the embodiment of masculinity and you have to pretty much say well 
mine was stripped from me, like, you know, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, that's really hard. That's really hard. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, most service providers are even in these kinds of services are women. Uh, I'm the only male uh, where yeah. I work. Um, so, you know, it's, does that make it easier or harder for me or for clients? So, I mean, like when you're dealing with someone, do you feel like, like if you're dealing with a male, um, do you think that they tend to be like maybe keep things from you or do you think they're a little bit more open with you? I think men are a lot more open with me, but I, th- I notice I have to be open with men first, um, which is, you know, normal. Um, I get a lot of disclosures when I go out in the community and talk, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially yeah, I noticed as soon as I started this job, cause I worked um, a little bit more in the domestic violence before this. But as soon as I started this job, I noticed I would just get disclosures left and right from men. Um, but it was usually after I had already was open and they already knew that I seemed to be a, accepting safe person Mm -hmm. um yes but for men who just come in for services you know they definitely will be a little more hesitant to talk to me until i kind of have you have to do a lot more trust building i think with men which is fine i'm willing to i'm willing to do that (laughs) yeah so what are trying to decide which direction we go because this is all heavy stuff yeah um so if someone recognizes, hey, um, and we're talking males right now, I think I've maybe been assaulted. Yeah. What does that maybe look like? Where can they go? What does that service look like? What are their choices after they've like realized or maybe like, I might need to talk to someone? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would first off start by telling any anybody who is thinking I was assaulted, Um you know, what do you want to do with it? You know, because mm-hmm. we know that these are statistically underreported crimes, but I'm also not in the business of pressuring anyone into reporting if they don't want to. Um, you know, I, in an ideal world, it would be safer for everybody to report. But if you don't want to report, you don't want to report. Um, but a big thing, you know, if you went through an assault, let's say yesterday, and you're kind of reeling, you're coming to terms, things are tough, you know, Um especially people really worry about the the rape kit. People really like freak out and panic about it. Mm-hmm. It's the most comforting things I ever heard about the rape kit is that it's medical care, you know, which seems obvious you're getting an exam done by a nurse, but you know, they call it a rape kit, you know, it, the, even the term rape kit, which I also don't care for. This is going to be a long talk in words. I don't care to use. <laughs> oh, I think but, it's really helpful because it yeah. take the, the power back. And that really does start with how naming it. Yes. How we feeling empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, totally so for it. The, the term rape kit is so unpersonal, you know, that's, it's oh. a kit that's separate from assault you. care. You know, your, your body yeah. has assault become, care bag. Yeah. You're not your bag. Yeah. We like to call it just the sexual assault exam, you know, and it's just an exam, oh, there you go. just a medical care that you're getting, you know, and it comes f- in a box just to collect. Yeah. That evidence. Evidence. If you choose, you yeah. can say no to any, every piece of it. Yes. And so. that's the thing. Well, no, nobody knows that, you know, mm-hmm. um, like nobody knows the details. I didn't know the details. And, you know, I worked in this field for a little bit before I moved into sexual assault. I didn't know these things, mm-hmm. you know, so I try to just really educate people on those because that'll really make or break. Even if you can just tell somebody, you know, later, like these are the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's medical care. You know, if you think that you were hurt, if you think that you contracted an STD, which is a huge fear, um, most men will be sexually assaulted by other men. And, um, 
you know, there's a huge fear there. Uh, STDs, uh, HIV, especially you see a huge fear of HIV. Um, and it's very hard to contract HIV, but it's still fear. And if you're concerned, there's so many good preventative meds and we can give you those meds for free at an exam, like mm-hmm. just for free. The exam is no cost. People are always concerned, you know, my, what if my insurance doesn't cover it? The, the, the state pays for exams, you know, um, at least here, you know, so you can call any crisis line, you know, get the facts for where you're at. But most most places, the state pays for the sexual assault exam. The timeline. I know there's a timeline. Yes. There's kind of a, an opportunity to the best time to go in. Yeah. And then, but still, there's even after that timeline, we'll kind of get to there in a minute. But what's that yeah. best time? I mean, the sooner you can get a, a, a kit done, you know, if you're pursuing this is if you're pursuing charges even um, if you're not sure you want to or not yeah, even if you're not sure if, if you think you know maybe they can I collect will that evidence the and it can sit there forever yeah and yeah so they, totally okay. they they basically they collect the evidence in the kit the kit is always passed to law enforcement at the end of the day just because they hold on to those the agency yeah, yeah yeah but um you can basically do it's called a a restricted kit versus an unrestricted kit and the uh, restricted kit, they basically don't put your name on it at all. So you Mm. can at any point in the next, um, I know a lot of some agencies hold them up to like 10 years. So 10 years you have to say, Hey, now I'm going to, I feel like pressing charges. Now's the time. So at that point they can unrestrict the kit and then start processing it for DNA evidence. So, you know, even if you're not sure, you know, get the, get the kit done. Um, Cause you always have that autonomy. Yeah. And you'll always have that option. The sooner, the better, but we're finding that we can collect evidence. Uh, even if you showered, you know, even if you've washed your clothes, uh, up to like seven days afterwards. So it really depends Incredible. on the agency though. I know mm-hmm. some do up to seven, some do more like five, some do three. So it just mm-hmm. really depends. But, um, it's, you know, it's fully in your, in your choice and, and it's a completely consent based exam. Cause obviously it's, it's going to be invasive. Your consent and was just completely taken. Yeah. So, so that's very, we do a lot to make sure it's consent based. So it's, it's very, every aspect of it, you can say, you know what, I'm done and I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and some services, I like, I know you provide the service where you can go to the hospital where they're doing the exam and yeah. be that advocate to sit there with them, to just yeah. have a friend, just to someone to talk to, yeah. because it can be scary if, you know, it's just a bunch of nurses or, or doctors in and out and you don't know anyone. It's no one consistent face. Yeah. You get somebody. Yeah. So you get an ad, an advocate. Usually um, you can bring people with you and, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't turn support people away. So, you know, if you're like, need my mom, need my dad, need my friends, whatever, like we're fine with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's somebody there to be with you. You know, I've held people's hands during the exam. I've, you know, anything you can think of, yeah. anything that's comforting. I am, I'm also consent based there, you know, like guide me where you want me to stand, where you want me to sit, you know, uh, I'm just here to make you more comfortable. So like, whatever that looks like, just yeah. put me where you need me. So cool. That's really cool. Um, just to have that, to know that like after you feel like all that human right has been stripped away, I guess you're trying yeah. to provide as much as you can yeah. back. And you know, the exam is going to be invasive. I always tell mm-hmm. people, you know, like don't expect it to not be even, even with the best care, the most trauma informed care, it's going to be it's, it's horribly invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's important to get that medical care of nothing else, even if you never move forward on charges. Yeah. Um, especially we always tell uh, strangulation is pretty common with sexual assault. So we always tell, you know, if there's any aspect of strangulation, definitely see 
some sort of health care because um, you, you could feel fine and look fine and you can have like a brain bleed all sorts of stuff yeah nightmarish shit that go that is comes on months years down the line that you didn't even notice so it's really important to get medical care and anti-inflammatories you know anything to make that strangulation less bad for sure yeah oh hard to to kind of just imagine um being in that situation but i do am comforted knowing that there's a lot of services out there that really want to provide that care yeah and you know it's hard because I, I don't want to tell everyone, you know, all services are the same. You know, I feel comfortable with our stuff, but, you know, I've heard I've heard horror stories with service mm-hmm. providers, especially with men, you know, so it's it, it's definitely scary. It's always going to be risky to put yourself out there and say, you know, this happened to me and I need help. Um, I wish I could say with confidence that everybody in the nation would yeah. step up and be kind about it. But well, we don't know. have national care. Yeah. This is all separate nonprofits. Yeah, these it, are non Care is not uh, the same across the board. So that doesn't some... sound right. This is supposed to be the greatest country in the world. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. And it's, yeah, there's so much inconsistency. Yeah. Sure, for sure. Even across agencies in the same area, you know, let alone the whole country. Um, so, you know, I can't say with, with certainty, you know, for everyone that it's going to be a wholly great process where you put yourself out there and then you get the care you need sometimes you're going to put yourself out there and you're going to hit some roadblocks um especially with law enforcement you know a lot of service providers i think are we're coming around the turn of you know more accepting that you know sexual assault happens to everybody but especially you know these groups um and you know and it, and it does happen to men and you know to say you know we need to start offering services across the board mm-hmm. it, there's lots of people that are doing that and, and you know it's it's slowly getting there but i think law enforcement um you know i've seen some amazing law enforcement you know that have handled things so well and there, there's definitely like a bigger push for trauma-informed care within law enforcement agencies but law enforcement especially i've heard some you know not awesome things yeah that's you know? hard because again you're not getting the same training across the board again yeah, so again. it really kind of depends on funding yeah. It's a big one. Funding and then other people who are available to train you. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of law enforcement agencies and areas are being trained by the service providers. You know, they'll go out and say, do trainings on, you know, this is best practices for working with people in domestic yeah. violence, you know. And that comes from a willingness to go and train them and a willingness for them to sit and be trained, um, yeah. you know, because a lot of people. A lot of law enforcement agencies aren't going to put any money into funding for trainings like that, which is mm-hmm. silly. <laughs> and to me, it seems like a no brainer, but really it should be. Um, if I had a choice, I'd make it mandatory. Yeah. And you know, Strip a lot of places, a lot of places do have, you know, do have <laughs> <Sorry>. mandated, <laughs> mandated ones. I don't want to say all of them don't, but again, you know, the yeah. lack of consistency, it's really hard. Um, and you know, small towns too, you know, the, the very place where sexual assaults are more likely to take place. Um, will sometimes have no service providers or worse like services in general. So, you know, just because they're small town stigmas, you know, that are a little more prevalent, you know, so a lot of people will go to bigger cities to get like sexual assault kits done and get care done, which is so hard, especially if you don't have any way to get to big cities, you know, to get these things done, but people just feel safer that way. And also like, you can go there and you won't be outed, you know, with small communities. There's always a chance, you know, you're going to know somebody and somebody's going to yeah. Oh find my gosh. out. Guess who saw whatever, Guess you know, who I saw at the rape crisis. Center. Yeah. Like it's just, there's so much to it. That's, that's hard. There's just, it's, it's multifaceted and yeah. it's scary. And it's, you know, uh, I hate that it, again, hate that it happens, but I'm so glad that you're here to talk about it. 
Um, so what, let's say we want to be supportive of our male friends who have gone through assault. Yeah. How can we do that? I mean, I always say approach with a belief first model. Uh, you know, we say believe first always. Um, and the, the big reason for that is, you know, you never know if you're the first person someone is talked to about this. Mm. Um, and if you are, how you react could 100% make or break whether they tell anybody else ever again, you know? So you want to react well to that and you want to believe. Um, but really just anything that you would do, just, just don't be, just don't be gendered about it. You know, anything that you would offer a girlfriend who came to you and told you the same thing, you know, it, and there's still, you know, stigmas and people don't know what to do and that's fine, but you know, educate yourself and go out there. Cause you know, these things are happening all the time. You know, one in six men is no number to scoff at. Everyone knows six men, <laughs> you know, we all hopefully know way more. So yeah, think of all the men, you know, that you may know who this is happens to and you know even in your day-to-day -day language even when people aren't disclosing to you you know just i always encourage people to just like watch their language you know are you making prison rape jokes you know stuff like that you know these are things that will discourage people from disclosing to you you know these are things that are going to make the men in your life feel unsafe to disclose to you so watch your language you know remove things from your vocabulary remove jokes from your joke repertoire you know <laughs> there's just you know a lot of stuff that's gonna that will, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> I love you with all of my heart. Like pointed, but <laughs> pointed and angry. Oh, no, I didn't point at you. But no, you're good. You, we talked about a joke earlier and we kind of talked about. From Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was when you joke. were like, I have a joke. And I was like, hold up. That's not my joke. Know your audience first. <laughs> but I think it makes a very salient point. It makes a point. And, so. he, and what he jokes about is that there was a. Uh, a guy going around raping other men in Texas. And like, by the time it all came to a head, there had been like 150 had reported that they'd been assaulted by this guy. And Dave Chappelle's like, you know what that means? It's fucking millions of them out there. <laughs> millions. Thousands. Yeah. yeah. Cause if you're looking at it, only one in six, they're going to, yeah. or, or no, no disclose. They're disclosing. We're talking, is... this is the, the rate that it happens, but the disclosure rate is yeah, disclosure low. and reporting. Oh know? my gosh. It's completely. And if you made it <clears throat> prosecuting, it oh. would be an even more insane number. So, so hold on. Let's add that to our vocabulary. Tell us the differences between all those things. Yeah. So there's disclose report prosecute yeah okay so disclose you know if you tell anyone at any point that's a disclosure right so if you tell so you told our family if something... you know if i told everybody here in this room you know mm -hmm. that does that's a disclosure mm -hmm. and people disclose you know all their lives forever um reporting if you wanted to report that would be formal it'd be to police you know there'd be evidence collection involved it's a big nasty process but and that's even, what everyone's afraid of that will happen if they dic disclose yes sometimes yes. like it's like oh my gosh if i say this to you you're gonna be like no we have to go report yeah okay yeah but even then you could go through the whole process you know you could get a rape kit done you could do the whole reporting process at that point the cops can just send it on to prosecution and at that point the prosecutor looks it over and decides whether or not they are going to move forward mm. on trying to press charges so that's prosecuting and that is even lower it's yeah. so low i found out that um they have to look at how much evidence they have yeah. the all sorts of scary things so, so yeah. much and i found out that uh salt lake county you know our neighbors big city uh they have a 10 percent prosecuting rate 
So for sexual assaults reported, only 10% are being prosecuted. So, and that's better than it was. That's prosecuted. So that's not even like winning. Yeah. That's not even. Yeah. That's that's just going to prosecution. And who knows how many of those actually get charged. Charged. Um, Yeah. That's the word. So from there, you know, like that's a terrifying number and it's better than it was. It was, uh, 6% 6% in about 2008, I think. Wow. I think okay. This, so that's an yeah, increase. So that's a we'll b- take that. 4% increase. I'll take it. Um, and you know, Salt Lake, I don't think you even was the best. I think Utah County actually had a slightly better prosecuting rate, which was mm. interesting. Um, but it was this, the study was really cool and you know, they did it across Utah. Um, I don't think they had the stats for every county, but they did, you know, they kind of went more in depth with those, you know, what are the reasons people aren't, aren't reporting what are the, mm. the reasons that prosecutions aren't happening and the reason prosecutions weren't happening a, a huge chunk of it was you know uh non-cooperation of the survivor and i'm like what does that mean like what like why would a survivor report and then not cooperate you know to get to the point of prosecuting yeah you know and that's because it's a nightmarish process you know and especially if you're being discouraged along the way re-traumatized uh, re-traumatized you know at some point even halfway through that you've got to be like hey, i'm done with this like, i want to give up you know so those rates are scary low <laughs> they're really you know it's sad low but um you know in terms of the joke uh it some things do go up you know because if you have a couple people accusing somebody other people who've been assaulted by that person are going to come forward, you know? So it might not be as big of a number as you think, you know, cause, uh, people feel encouraged when they see other people trying standing up. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you can do it, I can, yeah. you know, we can band together and support yeah. one another. Well, and you see that occasionally in like really publicized cases, like Bill Cos- yes. Cosby started out with like one person and everybody was kind of like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't seem like the pudding pop man to me. Yep. And then like another came forward and they're like, um, more and, more. and then three, yeah. four. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, like we're taking away your honorary doctorate. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's because they're so publicized. Um, mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is the Bill Cosby case is, uh, you know, there was women who, there was another comedian who had made a joke about the Bill Cosby assaults um, in one of his stand up Hannibal Beerus, in case you're wondering. And he, uh, he'd made the joke and there was survivors who heard his comedy show that had no idea that someone Bill, else, that had... someone else had reported. And because they heard it, on they, the then, show, they, they then reported, oh. reported like that See, is comedy Hills. Yeah. Comedy it, Hills. It does. <laughs> and yeah. truly, I mean, everyone wants to laugh, but also, you know, yeah. and it was not, a, can clear it the was air. also a, a, it wasn't a, out of touch joke that Hannibal Beerus made. He was yeah. just talking about, you know. Plus, I think we're more likely to watch a comedy show than news anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. All the news <laughs> yeah. is a fucking. But joke. I wonder, you know, like if, if, if we were publicizing, you know, maybe more sexual assaults more often, you know, how many people would come forward? So the military has a program um, where you can basically uh, report your abuser's name and they put it into a system um, Mm -hmm. that only they have access to. Um, But then if multiple people make reports against that same person, you know, and then you don't have to file a formal report, but it's a way to kind of, um, you know, see if there's somebody who's serial abusing, you know, and and, then then you can come back to the, you know, maybe the victims and say, okay, you know, at this point there's multiple people. Like, how do you want to move forward? You know, because yeah. frankly, more victims, more likely you're going to get a charge. So um, I would love to see something like that implemented for everybody. Just just a little tick on your name. Hey, yeah. we're, you're on our watch list. Yeah, you're being, you yeah, know, well, just we're just kind keeping of paying a attention. Eye. Yeah. 
I think that's so true. And I think, you know, I had a discussion with a friend one time and she was kind of didn't realize what had happened to her when she was a teenager. And then, you know, she was drunk with her mom one night out for her 21st birthday. And her mom's like, tell me your deepest secret. And she told her mom and her mom's like, okay, so I don't want to ruin our whole night, but this was not okay. Cause this was an adult man kind yeah. of thing. And, um, and she was telling me her, um, way to heal was she called him out on it. Yeah. And she was just like, I, I hesitated for so long and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with the knowledge. And as it kind of was like realizing like, oh my gosh, it really isn't okay. Yeah. Like this really isn't okay. And she was like, I did it for other people. Yeah. I didn't do it for myself. I did it for anyone else who he might've, yeah. or, or he's like, she's like, cause who would have, you know, what if he's still doing this type of behavior and yeah. he thinks he's right or okay with it or whatever. Yeah. And you know, that's healing looks so different for everybody. You know, we've talked a lot about reporting, but I, like I said, I would never force anyone to report because mm-hmm. it is, it's such a process, you know, and for some people it's better to just move on, you know, to then be able to say, you know, I'm not going to let this impact me. And I'm not going to let this hurt my future. I'm just going to move on, which is like totally fair. You know, I think any part of healing that you want to go through is fair. Yeah. Um, and the reporting process, like we said, is, is so hard. So I really like to, you know, you know, if you do report, you're really brave. There's a, there's a lot of bravery there, but if you don't, you're still brave. You know, I like to just across the board, you're brave if you've survived something like this and, yeah. um, whatever healing looks like for you, you know, just try to validate that. And I think too, so, you know, going back to the question, which was, you know, how do you react if someone tells you, um, just listen to what they want to do. It's like number one, I would probably say, you know, cause whatever that looks like for them. And, you know, for some people that's going to be like, Hey, I'm going to tell you this. And then I don't want to talk about it again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, respecting that and saying like, okay, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here for you. I'm, I'm, I'm loving you, you know, and I'm giving you that unconditional care and love that you need. Um, and especially for male survivors, I think that's really important because there's so much autonomy that has been taken away from you after an assault. So anything you can do to give that person's autonomy back by letting them make their own choices is really important. So, yeah, I think that's a great call out and just kind of being there for what they need and asking them, what do you need? Do you want me just to listen? Um, so not pushing them to report. Yes. Believe. Well, first of all, believing them. Yeah. I believe you. Um, not questioning their anything, Cause that feels so terrible Yeah. to, to finally trust somebody and yeah. to say something. And I don't know why I'm looking at you, Brady, but I'm just yeah. making eye contact I with you. Friend. Too. I'm making a serious face over here. So you're like, go ahead. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here you're, for you. you're safe here. Um, you know, uh, I think too, not asking for details, um, mm. is a big part of that. Just believing. What were part. you wearing? Were you yeah, drinking? Like, yeah, like, well, well what oh. happened exactly? Like, was it actually an assault? Like, uh, you know, there's just so many you questions can, you can ask that are, oof. Re-traumatizing, victim blaming. Yeah. So that's that's the other thing. So if you start asking questions like that, where you are truly curious, and um, and I even, like, I think it would be even okay to say, you know, I'm kind of curious on, like, what happened, but I also completely respect that if you you tell me yeah. as much as you're comfortable, it's okay to say that out loud. I don't know why we yeah. like as a human race just don't yeah. talk about Open up, say, what's going on. Yeah, I, I I personally love like you know if you want to tell me, you can tell me. If you don't, that, that's yeah. okay. Like um mm-hmm. you know I'm cool uh-huh. with that. Because uh, yeah, and a lot of things too. You know, a lot of people 
blank out parts of the assault, especially right after it happens. Oh, I bet. Um, and you know, memory loss by itself can be so staggeringly hard to deal with. Um, cause now not only did something bad happen to you, but you don't even know, remember the details, you know, and especially if there's elements involved like drinking drugs, um, roofies, you know, it, the, head injuries. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Choking too can cause, you know, memory loss. Yeah. So, Dark rooms. Yeah. Anything. And you, you will suddenly, you know, anything that impacts your ability to remember the details of that, like fast cars, add. rock and roll. Exactly. You know, all, all the these things. things. Um, you already have. <laughs> so now we know issues. how to wipe your memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Now we know the truth. Um, yeah, all those things, you know, so also not asking too many questions because like how traumatizing would it be if someone was like, well, tell me what happened. And you're like, I literally can't tell you what happened. Or you can, but you don't want to. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't want to. Yeah. You get to say no, especially when, you know, yes. maybe that has been stripped away from you. Yeah, your ability to say no. So supporting that person, supporting that person's autonomy, their choices, their ability to say no. Um you know, giving them some power back in the situation because yeah. it's all about power, you know, and feeling a loss of power when something bad has happened. Um, it's very important. What are, so, so we kind of talked about how to support a friend. What are some maybe, um, I don't want to say cues that someone's been assaulted, but like, so like, let's say you have a loved one and they're, you know, yeah. I, I have sons. Yeah. What, how do I know? What are some, um, maybe signs that someone you can call it out or, or support them or, or yeah. I don't even, yeah. I'm lost at words yeah. on how do you handle this? I, I think as soon as I got personal right there, I was like, Oh my God, that's hard. Yeah. And that's so scary. You know, it, it's just such a possibility. Um, you know, so really as far as cues, you know, that maybe something has happened, people can react so varyingly, you know, mm-hmm. we see everything from like hypersexuality to, you know, hyposexuality, you know, people who, after they've been assaulted, have a lot of sex, you know, cause they're trying to, again, trying to get that control back. Um, people who are terrified of being touched ever again, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would say if you know that person, you'll notice when something's wrong. Um, for the most off. part, because, you know, you'll know what's typical for them and you'll notice when something's off. But um, changes in how they want to be touched, changes in physicality, like, you know, how they are approaching physical relationships with people. Um, boundary issues, you know, if they suddenly are closed off, way more closed off than they were before. Um, really anything, but depression especially in men um Mm. substance use and suicide attempts are both very common after an assault so you know paying attention to someone's mental health and how they communicate and you know people a lot of times will let you know that they have something to tell you before they are ready to tell you it right you know so when you start noticing these things you know no matter what it is you know just making yourself open and saying like hey if we need to talk um, and I think, you know, it's okay to, it's important to call out, you know, when you notice somebody is acting weird, acting yeah. different, like say, Hey, you've been acting different lately. You okay? You Especially know? if suicide and substance abuse yeah. and mental health, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's important to feel like, supported. Yeah. Like people them, care. They notice. They notice and say, you know, and it, it's important to feel like people notice, yeah. you know, to feel like people have noticed when something has changed about you. Yeah. Um, and that can help validate a person too of like, you know, okay, maybe something 
did really happen. You know, maybe I'm not as okay as I thought I was, you know, so calling it out as you see it, just being honest, um, but being open and supportive. Um, you know, even if it's, you know, Hey, if something did happen, if you don't want to talk to me, it could point you, you know, in a direction to somebody. I just want you to get help, whatever that looks like for you. Like letting them tell who they want to tell to, you know, because mm-hmm. so many people don't want to tell close people to them afterwards, which, you know, uh, I've, I was sexually assaulted twice, you know, and both my assaults, I didn't want to tell mm. anybody that was close to me, you know, and, um, both of them, I didn't have, didn't reach out to services. I didn't feel like services were available to me. Um, and you know, so, but I do think it would have been easier probably to tell somebody, a stranger, like, absolutely. And, you know, I think when I did reach out, I, I found solace in, you know, online communities, anonymous yeah. discussions, you know, so letting people decide how they want to process that yeah. is important too. Um, you know, you may notice something's wrong. You may want them to tell you, but if they don't want to tell you, I think I have to okay respect too. that for sure. And I can see that hesitation and fear, like, you know, worrying about, are you going to see me different now that you know that this has happened? Yeah. Um, you know, having gone through that same thought process yeah. for sure can completely relate to that hesitation and yeah, fear. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's super scary. People feel weak after it's happened. People feel, you know, especially men, you'll feel the complete strip of masculinity that's been taken from you. Um, and especially, you know, a, a vast majority of assaults uh, on men are done by other men. But that doesn't mean that men don't get assaulted by women. You know, it does yeah. happen. Um, we've seen it happen. Um and, you know, I think especially if you're assaulted by a woman, there's just a, a woman, a woman, <laughs> there's just a, a, a connotation to it of, you know, of like, you know, how could I have let this happen? You know, mm. and there's, you know, in truth, there's no loss of masculinity in that, you know, it, it, people think that sexual assault is something that's done by force. Um the truth is most sexual assault is coercion. coercion. Yes. Yeah. Blackmail. Um, even putting you in a situation where you don't feel comfortable leaving, you know, um, you know, blocking doorways, trapping you in a car with them, you know, all of these things. Threats or, or what's the retaliation? Yeah. Even positions of power. You oh. know? Um, positions of power, I think is, is a big one for guys. Um, a lot of men, men are more likely to be sexually assaulted as children than they are as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're more likely to be sexually assaulted as children than I think women are. So, you know, there's this massive power imbalance because you're going to be assaulted by, you know, adults, older kids, you know, so there's this power imbalance of like this person is in a position of power over you and they can use that power, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, groom you, get into your good graces and then yeah. take advantage once they're there, you know? And so many people are assaulted by family members. They're assaulted by intimate partners. Um, so I think a lot of people really are terrified of even people feeling bad, feeling bad feelings towards their perpetrator, you know? Mm. Um, just cause that person assaulted you doesn't mean you suddenly don't care about them and love them, you know? So there's so many connotations. There's so many things that make it hard. It's just, it's challenging. It's challenging. But, you know, talking about them, I think is the number one thing we can do, you know, educating ourselves, you know, changing vocabulary, changing vocabulary. If that's all you leave with today, yeah, change some of your, start changing your vocabulary. I would like to never hear the term 
battered women's shelter again. Like if I could get away from it or battering in general, just yeah. like a condescending term. I just mm-hmm. feel like it's so like light for what domestic violence is, you know, like battered, like, I don't know. And, you know, and also well, and it feels limits. physical. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You're only physical instead of so mental, much abuse emotional, financial, mental, emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about a sexual assault, um, but you know, sexual assaults, we, we, we study it hand in hand with domestic violence. Cause if you're in a domestic violence situation, it's the a chances, power control. Yeah. The chances of sexual assault is involved are pretty high. So, you know, especially in intimate partner relationships, um, you know, it's, it's, it's super challenging and, um, there's so much more there than just what a surface level looks like, you know, cause there's emotional manip- manipulations and yeah. for men, you know, that can look like whatever. Um, we'll typically see, I think a lot of men are more emotionally abused than necessarily physically abused. Um, but that emotional abuse can be pretty, pretty damning, you know, it can, it be, can be, yeah. And, you know, I've heard a lot of victims in general just say, you know, I would rather have taken the physical stuff than the emotional stuff. Yeah, it was easier so getting hard. smacked with a kitchen table than it was like dealing yeah. with the years of like big degrading and stuff yeah, from de- my past de- relationship. Degradation. Yeah. Um, feeling, you know, crazy, you know, gas, we talk about gas gaslighted and yeah. yeah, feeling inadequate. Yeah. yeah. Feeling like you're walking on eggshells all the time. I think even oh, that, yeah. that you're that just fear. afraid. Something's wrong with you. Yeah. Yes. You're the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that, and that feeling like you're the problem, I think, contributes to a fist fight so would have been a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you see people that you know in domestic violence situations that will antagonize a fist fight because they feel. For the record, I'm not talking about my current Jamie. Yes. Yeah. I think you said past relationship. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Just want to touch on that again in case she listens and she's, she's like, like, "Wait hey, a minute, what are you talking about table? <laughs> you want to fight?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like that's it. Just there's so much to this it just makes it difficult you know and yeah say people who antagonize fights because you know it's easier than all the the lead up to the fight you know you feel it coming on and you're just like bubble up forever i gotta get Uh, this done i gotta get this over with you know so all these things are just accelerated and made even harder when you're a dude and you have all these societal expectations on top of you know what your normal expectations are of you know i've got a I've got to be this way. I've got to be masculine. I can't show any weakness. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to anybody. But, you know, sexual assault, this is something I always just like to really, like, lead, like, really, really grind on. And it's scary to say, but, like, there's nothing you can do to prevent a sexual assault. You know, like, we talk about mitigation tactics, but if something's going to happen, if someone's going to take advantage of you, like, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that scares people because a lot of people feel like, you know, okay, next time I'll do this powerless. and this and this yeah. and this and I will be safe. And the truth is like, you can't really be safe. Um, you can do all you want. It doesn't mean you're weak, powerless. You know, that means somebody took advantage of you, um, yeah. got you in a bad position and that has no reflection on who you are as a person. It just, you know, reflects on, you know, that you were a person, you know, who was open and somebody took advantage of that, you know, mm-hmm. and people that does scare people, you know, to feel like there's nothing I could have done. But, yeah. you know, if something happens, like there's nothing you could have done, you know, you did everything that you could have done. Um, and now you just got to keep on moving, keep on chugging. Yeah. Thank um, you so much. Before I say it out loud, is this any good? 
ah yes rain so this yes we love this there's also a lovely website um called one in six one in six yep so rain.org it's rain with two ends.org and then their phone number is one eight or uh, 800 656 hope yep so that's and it looks like they even have a chat function on the website if you yes. don't want to use you know like my wife gets she panics over calling the pizza place so she always does it online yes absolutely yeah um i'm the same way i'd rather do something online so yeah rain is fantastic. especially maybe something like this yeah, right social yeah. work they yeah. have the best statistics too so if you're looking for specific statistics they have the best ones um but one in six Most accurate i believe it's one in six.org um they are specific to men and they have uh, an online men's support group mm. that is fantastic wow that's awesome yeah so yeah. you know that's a great and then one in six is a is it spelled out or is it the number? I think it's the number. So one in six. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Okay, um, but that one's great for men. Uh, their support group is awesome. I've sent a bunch of survivors there. So they are live chat twenty four seven hours. Yeah, twenty four seven. Yeah. So even if you just want to spitball with somebody, some anonymous hey, person on the internet. Yeah, this is going like, on. Like this is what happened. What are your thoughts? You know, because a lot of time again, it's that was this an assault? Like, do I have a right to feel upset about this? You know, yeah. so if those are your questions, am know, I normal are, to not feel anything right now? Yes, like I these think that's are another big one. Yes, these are your resources, and Wonderful. yeah, and you know, everyone reacts to a sexual assault different, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like mentally, emotionally, physically, you know. So, whatever that looks like for you moving forward, you know, if you're like you know, this happens, I'm accepting it, I'm moving on, I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to identify as a sexual assault survivor, you know, just whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a big thing, you know. Well, it's thank you. just what you make it, but healing, you know, again, that looks like whatever you want. As that well. looks like you take your own road, you get that. Yeah. That's something that's yours. You Hold do what makes your journey easier, you do what makes you feel healed. Mm -hmm. Um and lean into that cool yeah. thank you so it. much yeah that was yeah, really Avery, fun it's um been so helpful to have that to really just kind of see what that looks like for i mean all those services are helpful for anyone but really just talking about you know some of those that we don't shine a whole lot of light on who don't get yeah. um that kind of support that we think of when we think of sexual assault or most domestic violence so um really appreciate you having maybe a harder conversation maybe we'll have you on for a more fun one we have we have lots of fun here yeah. but. i mean i love talking about stuff like this you know i i have so much joy from just talking to anybody and and helping them make the connections of you know oh okay so this is what this looks like this is mm. what you know um so you know you this may not have away been from the harder yes, conversations this may not have been the happiest of episodes, but you know, I hope everybody got something good out of it. It's super informative. Like I, I realized there were like some big definitions or not definitions, but like some of my vocabulary needs to change. Yeah, so, no, totally. Yeah. And you know, it's a one step at a time process. Yeah, See? Like I said, you know, have I used these terms? Totally. Like, you know, we just, we live, we live yeah. over there. Every, exactly. every episode I'm getting better at yeah. not being abrasive. Yes. And I think too, you know, <laughs> For the guys out there listening, like, do not shy away from this stuff. You know, I've heard so many criticisms from women, you know, in my support groups and stuff that have, you know, I can't talk to the guys in my life about this. You know, they just don't get it. So, you know, step up for guys who've experienced this stuff. Step up for girls, you know, step up for the people in your life who've gone through this, of which there are many, um, and educate yourself. Learn. Yeah. Yep. 
If anybody else would like to jump in on the conversation, maybe reach out to us uh, for some more information. They can find us at saltysexcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and you know what? For anyone who wants to join our Patreon community, so you can join our Patreon community for as little as $5 a month, um, and that you get exclusive content, you just get to be part of our really fun community. Um, Whoever wants to join, and for the next month, whatever amount we get, I will match that and donate it to sexual assault services. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You can find us at saltysexcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and also patreon.com forward slash saltysexcast. And on Facebook, if you want to search for us, give us some love. We've had some hate, um, but that's okay because we know we're we're doing the the true work. You are doing. Nobody really likes Facebook anyways. Twitter <laughs> at saltysexcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody stay sexy and salty. Bye. Bye. Puberty. Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.